0: everybody and thank you for joining us for our inaugural virtual teach-in with the black family homeschool educators and scholars group i am your host Khadija ali coleman i am so happy to be here with yet another uh accomplished homeschool homeschooling mother this person is someone who i have such great respect for um i've known her for, for a while um, not only were we classmates at in college but um, over the years I've watched her from afar um, as a very successful performance artist um, before she began her homeschooling journey and which has been really a part of the work that she does not only as a parent but also within her community so I'm going to actually allow her to introduce herself and tell you a bit about her homeschooling journey so that she can um, Um, presented as she sees fit before we move into the question that she has chosen to answer um, one of the three questions that are the guiding questions um, for this teaching so without further ado I turn it over to my friend
1: hello I'm excited about this teaching and about talking to home black homeschoolers my name is Olu Butterfly Woods and I'm in Baltimore Maryland and I would like to uh share some details about how we started on the journey so I have four children between the ages of three and 11 so I've been homeschooling um my son went to an early learning center but uh from the time he was three and some change um he's been homeschooled so that's how long I've been on this journey and there were some times when I reconsidered um Mm -hmm. but uh they um uh for example in my zone school was like one of the better public schools in my city. So I was like, you know, what maybe I'm being foolish to um <laughs> to keep trying to do this thing when I could just be like everybody else and send them <laughs> there. But then it would be little small things that would just kind of affirm. I was very particular because I have I I'm raising a black man. And then I had another son who was also, you know, I was like, I'm raising two black men. And I really am clear. um, I I should say that I've been in education myself. Um, I was a seventh grade math teacher and I also taught poetry in schools um, for many years. Mm -hmm. And so um, I knew that they just kind of, they don't, treat them well and i kind of say that school is really ideal for like four to eight year old girls (laughs) but like if you fall outside of that so just being able to be responsive to them and the way that schools um really have grown towards more towards such structure that it actually goes against science and that especially with Um, you know science shows particularly young boys lots of exceptions lots of girls also need this and people children in general they need movement for brain development so like you're not doing them a favor it's actually literally intrinsic to their development as as a human being for them to be able to move around and for that part of their life and their learning for them to gain Mm -hmm. momentum as a person so these are the reasons why I continued the sacrifice (laughs) of um and um, although I can say overall, you know, people have different reasons for homeschooling. Mine initially was out of, like, joy. Like, I didn't want to just miss my chi- my children's, like, whole life. Like, you you can easily get in a workflow where you're just working, they're at school, your best hours are away from each other, and then you come together. And, and it can be very intentional. It's, it's cool, but it was just like, that just wasn't what I envisioned mm-hmm. for myself. So I like to share that. It wasn't just a reaction to something, um, you know, people homeschool for all types of reasons. It was, it was, I always thought of myself
0: from the time I was a teenager as homeschooling. So, well, thank you so much for, um, for sharing that. And when you said you've been homeschooling your son since he was three, right now he's 11. Yes. And so you have, um, four children. And so since you started homeschooling him, you've homeschooled the rest of your children as well, just to.
1: Yes, well, to be, um, I don't want to distract too much from the purpose, but to be honest, I, last year I, I started working a 40-hour job and I was homeschooling, mm-hmm. which meant that I never was not doing something. It was very exhausting. So, and I wanted to make sure everybody was getting what they needed. So I actually, in response to my, my daughter who requested to go to school, I allowed two of them to have that experience. But as you can see, they're back homeschooling. <laughs> like this is the year, apparently, to do that it's kind of a joke. And then the plan is just to keep doing homeschooling, really. So we took a little, like, four-month break from homeschooling for for two of them. Right. So that's that's the complete picture.
0: I appreciate you sharing that, because I actually think that's funny, is because you did and put them in there. and here came COVID. And so that was really for a short period of time. (laughs) They had their little, their little. And they have comments (laughs) about that experience. That's, That's so funny. So, um, the question that you had selected to answer, what truth needs to be shared regarding homeschooling as a black, um, family homeschooling, homeschooling family. And we talked a little bit about solutions.
1: Um, Absolutely. The number one thing I like for everybody to know is that like perfection is absolutely not required. So, when we talked about starting off the journey, I really I knew I wanted to do it. I didn't know how you do it. And then I had all of these thoughts in my head about like okay, I'm going to be the one like if my child doesn't read, I can't just blame that on the school system. That's going to be me. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> I definitely harassed my oldest son into some of those skills. But that's why it's really important, as I, I recommend for others, and this is what I did for myself, to start off with the, the mission um, statement, because, you know, it includes um, wanting to help cultivate certain things, and that for, for um, my children to be unlimited, but to be lifelong learners. And so some of the things that we do really can alienate them from that, so that's helped to guide some of my decisions, this mission statement that I came up with and um, connecting with other homeschoolers was also critical. And so, you know, I, I definitely set off with intention and I have, um, I spent time building our own curriculum. So I don't know if people are familiar with the well-trained mind, um, which is based on, I could bring up these technical terms, like the trivium and Charlotte Mason style I didn't know that's what all of this was but the idea but but uh it helped me to pick an angle because whatever you do is cool like I thought that like if I picked the wrong math like curriculum or resources that could like mess everything up mm-hmm. and it's just not that's just not the case like it's not that serious and especially if you stay present to the people that are involved right mm-hmm. and so I, I did start off with the great uh, amount of um, intentionality and I was like we're going to study history and we're going to study it as black people as African people <laughs> and so that means you, you're not starting in relation to white people because they didn't even exist <laughs> when mm-hmm. you know so the idea of like studying African genius from scratch like you just have the earth and yourself and that's what our ancestors did and they built all of this stuff from there and so we like went through time and then we're in the process of studying the different nations because before there was countries, we were our, those are European um, sort of structures. We we were our own nations and there's like way more than 50 something, you know, in Africa. There's, you know, uh, just countless. So we decided, and that's been critical even to talk about these times as we're talking about our resistance to oppression to not start off with that. Um, to, you know, so that this is all inside in context. So, um, but starting off with intention, um, sometimes people feel like you have to, um, you know, have the one family earner and, and then, you know, and then you have like this devoted parent, it could be the father or the mother. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it does tend to be the mother, but, um, who is just going to like focus their time and resources on the, the cultivation of the children. Like people have that in mind, like That's sort of like the ideal homeschooling. And that has like (laughs) never been the case for us. Right. So at no point have I ever stopped working, for example. So I've been always balancing and juggling uh, work. And there were times when I've, balanced very critical transitions so one thing that really helped me out i read this book called the first year homeschooling by linda dobson which is like sort of a look into these different homeschoolers lives and i don't think any of them look like me but that's okay so one chapter that really stood out and this is the time that i'd like to share like this um kind of share some of these messages to people is like homeschooling through a crisis so it talked about a woman who Um, had a very serious head injury I think it was actually caused by her baby like bringing accidentally like dropping a lamp or knocking a lamp into her head and so she was just like in and out of these migraines and like her ability to homeschool was very diminished like to be actively and intentionally homeschooling you could be like well ma'am why don't you just like send them to school like you know uh, instead of doing that to yourself but whatever your reasons are for homeschooling if you feel like they're still being met. So that was the the point is that she realized, you know, eventually she got better. And through that kind of time period and being graceful with herself and her children, she came to find out how much they had been learning in that time. And it's absolutely the case. Like children are way better at learning than we are at teaching. So like making space, she was like, they had continued going to the library, for example, and they were like, absorbing all of this you know, information and reading. And they actually had learned a lot. So the idea like that we have to like everything has to be perfect. So there's been times when my I was a limited resource myself, my capacity, like I was working on some kind of project. Like I said, I've always been working. So I'm like, I have this project. There's some things about my personal life that are just screwy. And then I got these children. And so I've had to dig in. I kept thinking those were temporary, but really they've just been they kept going or moving to the next thing. So in those time periods where it was not my picture perfect concept of what I thought homeschooling was going to be, I would just dig in deeper. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to involve my children in what I'm doing. Like, so one time, for example, I had an artscape, I had an artscape exhibit that I had to put together, uh, like a major outdoor gallery. And all I was on the learning curve for like so many things. So I'm like, you know, this is a, our homeschool is going to be preparing for this exhibit. Yeah, so you know, they spray painting tires and you know, attending meetings with me and um and I'm and I could have you what? Oh, and and I could have even maybe had them do some journals or I don't know, I could have even maybe built on it even more, but I really my capacity to do like so se- Oh, and I was pregnant. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So like literally when I say my capacity was diminished, but I just was like, I'm going to dig in. And I feel like some of those decisions, it's like the education that my children were getting, we think academics too much when we think of education. So they actually saw creative black people planning together. And that has been so like critical and crucial for the people that they will become. And so like what we think with that, they're not getting in one area. It's like they're getting in these other areas and it really calls you to action to your own life. I have to be a lifelong learner. (laughs) If I want them to be a lifelong learner or there's certain habits I have to improve because they're not separate from my life. Like there's no time period where there's like somewhere else you know, um, well, actually, I, like, need to go get some time here and there for myself, but (laughs) overall, you know, my life is integrated with theirs, so if I want them to do something better, I have to examine myself. Am I getting up in the morning and getting on electronics Mm -hmm. when I'm sitting here fussing at them, you know? So, it's, like, it's really... Homeschooling is a style of parenting. You know, it's just a parenting style, and um, and so... uh, you know, we all care about our children's education, all of those different things, but this way of life where, like, they don't go somewhere, they're with you. (laughs) And so, um, so that's, like, one thing, like, so digging into myself as a personal resource, I know that I have many things to offer. I know that, like, my children have an interesting relationship with writing, and I am a writer. So, Mm -hmm. at first, that hurt my feelings, but writing for a purpose and for expression and to analyze, um, like, they see me do it and they get it and I feel like in the end um like they're not going to be in the household with me and not be writers um right. I mean whether not to say that they have to be professional writers but it, it will be an unlimited resource in whatever field they choose right mm-hmm. um their ability to write and express themselves so it's like they're not going to be in the house with me and not read they're not going to be in the house with me and not like be aware or uphold certain African principles for example and so it's like to trust that and lean on that and to bring them in closer to you and in those times when the resources even of yourself are limited it's like just drawing things closer um has been critical and it's gone on for longer than I thought (laughs) but anyway (laughs) yeah but they're still getting so much you just wouldn't even believe so like just being aware of that and kind of now knowing that that's almost scientific it's not even like I guess you could say it's like having faith in that but it's just like yes that works that's working mm-hmm. that's ultimately going to be um what everybody needs so that's like one thing and then the second thing is using the community so it's ne it was never intended for like there just to be like one adult leading even one other child like that child is a whole thing and needs other parts of themselves cultivated or activated um with other aspects, you know, um, of the community, you know, especially raising these boys. Um, their father's definitely very active in that. Um, and but there's just certain things where I'm like, I'm gonna have to surround him with that. My influence in that area may or may not
0: be complete. <laughs> so let and me you, you know. so can I stop you there because you say that, but you've also done a great deal in creating community for other people. I know at least digitally, you know you have the groups that you've um, created on Facebook, um, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, you also started a homeschooling co-op, didn't you?
1: Um, yes, a homeschool collective, absolutely, so um, that interdependence um, that's how I think. So when I first started this journey. I thought, surely there has to be, like, a group of, you know, like, Baltimore City homeschoolers, black homeschoolers that all get together. Of course. Yeah, and I just thought that was, like, a thing. And then I was, like, so I started reaching out to people that I knew that homeschooled. I were, like, are you aware of anything like this? Or if not, like, can we start something? So I really started like that. And we would get together. We started getting together every other thursday for like three hours and what we would do in that time period was first of all unleash unload the children would unleash and unload with each other as well right and then um but over time um the need to do that because we were meeting regularly um became smaller but the the second thing we would do would be we would um you know by that i mean we socialize and you know uh, share ideas and stuff like that but we they would also present to each other so the idea was like each family homeschools in their own unique ways um and may have different philosophies and styles but the children could share with each other and that would be his own education and we could influence each other in that way um in a good way and it brought some like purpose to in order to what you were doing at home so for example we don't do grades right so it's like if they're working on something and they complete it and the only audience is you you know that's like great like they start they kind of wonder like what is that for like do you need to see this so like that them knowing that there was a whole group of people who were going to witness whatever it is that they created really upped their attention to what they were creating so it brought you know even though we were only meeting every other week it brought a lot of um invigoration to what we were doing at home and they also would be inspired by each other so they would see somebody do something they'd be like whoa that's cool next thing you know they're at home trying it um or looking it up researching it so it absolutely um and then there's some things you can't do with just yourself so We wanted to sing some songs with some music. Like we had to get more, like there's certain games you just need more people for. So it was an opportunity to do all of those things. And um, the parents would take turns rotating, um, hosting it. It it didn't have to be in their home. They could set up a library room or meet at a park, you know, um, things like that. So um, that was wonderful. And, you know, we would always have like potluck snacks and um so we were building community mm-hmm. um and then there were some people who wanted to get more formalized especially I guess when you to that middle schoolers people were like yes this is cute I, I but I'm worried right <laughs> so um so the idea of like people taking up different classes um I had some ideas of what I wanted to do but the idea of being responsive community responsive is super Important to me, and it's really no option because if people aren't, when you're dealing with other homeschools, if they're not getting what they need out of it, and it takes a lot to drag the children out to it, right. they're not going
0: to come. Right. So, right.
1: Like, that's one
0: thing that's like, that my consistent ob- observation and feeling as a homeschooling is like you just don't don't show up again, and that flexibility is what's different than than traditional school is that if you're not feeling it, then you just do something else. And so, yeah. so it seems, it sounds like you, you now created this community, but now your responsibilities move towards sustaining this community. You, you created it and then it was about sustaining it so that it, wor- it was something that worked for everybody.
1: Yeah. I, so one of the, the last time I got people together sort of in a public way, like a public call was a, a call to community schooling. So it'd be great if public schools were actually community schools. Mm-hmm. I know they that's like a term that they use because they try to like inter- they hire like a person to try to integrate them into the community um, and that was a step in the right direction but the idea like I'm a fan of instead of schools having community centers and people interact with it as their purpose calls them so you know there's these great science labs that are only available to people who are currently enrolled in that grade that year mm-hmm. whereas there's all types of people who may want to interact with that um etc right so um i would say that um baltimore has been i, I participate in both baltimore and dc's um like collective black homeschooling communities and um and baltimore has been interesting and and a unique challenge because I've tried to center my activities in the city where there really hasn't been, there's just not a lot going, um, in terms of like formal structures, like, you know, the, the common ground, formerly the Baltimore Home School Community Center is a great resource that's in Pikesville. And that's like not as accessible to some people, for example. So it was about like, what is the treasure that is here and how can we dig into that identity and bring something unique and rich for the young people so I've always strived to be accessible um to people like so everything that we did that was in a location was in the center of the city but a lot of people are very transient homeschoolers like they're homeschooling one semester or one year and then for financial reasons they may not continue and as you can see I was a part of that group for three months right <laughs> um and so um so being able to have something that's a little bit more stable um, uh, and, and like build with momentum and intention is like definitely what I'm looking um, forward to doing. I think there's a lot more people who are ready. So community schooling, like I wanted to almost like create a community, like a dating site for community schooling. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how this would go, but like just because y'all both be like, red red, black and green doesn't mean that like y'all will actually get (laughs) like get along for like incomplete maybe you find some intersections so like what it takes to really like build agreement with other families you know a lot of it has to do with are your children similar ages are you um what are your some of your styles and philosophies i mean if you have the patience you could continue to coordinate but i've been a part of a lot of successful Um, collaborations and cooperatives some people are like never again you know (laughs) but I feel like if something isn't working that's not a um that's not like a sentence on it forever like Mm -hmm. you know like that means we should just never try anything like this again I think there's ways to get things to work or say you know or try again with something somewhere else take the lesson so um the sense of interdependence is going to be critical in these next, um, these next few months for everybody. Um, and I think that my com- my community to say I homeschool is kind of interesting to me. We don't stay home; we're out in the world. We're if we're at the grocery store, that's part of it. Um, and you know, being intentionally sharing our gifts and our passions and how much quality can I give if like well, I mean this in a good way. Like if I'm only responsible for three hours and then somebody else can be responsible for some of those other hours, you know, um throughout the week. And um I'm also a big fan of boredom and some other things. Like let the
0: children figure out things to do in their right, lives. Right. And and this time is allotted for them to come up with what is gonna be facilitated or what's gonna happen, even if it's just nothing structured everybody doing their own thing for them to come to a consensus on on what that is i appreciate you i i think that out of all the talks so far um that um and speakers that i've interviewed i think that this is going to probably be a major point that people are going to want to talk about more with you um doing or whether you're there or not (laughs) during our breakout session on um july on friday july 24th so the you all's talks are going to be shared with them throughout the week and then um on friday july 24th they're going to have the opportunity to talk about what are those ideas that really resonated what are some things that they see themselves participating in or creating Um, And I I think the idea that you, what you are even talking about is not the traditional idea that we have of homeschooling co-ops. I think it's really interesting. I don't even know if you realize that um, what you're explaining sounds very much like, artists coming together, like artist collectives. And, um, and that even when you talk about homeschooling, you talk about it as if it's an art. And that's what you said. You said it's a, a form of parenting and it's, it, it, there is an art to it. Um, so I would be really interested to see what those who are watching, what some of their um, feedback is, a, additional questions. Um, but I really think that you've given us a lot to consider. Um, even as you share your homeschooling journey, and, and you let us know that there is no perfect time um, to start homeschooling or there's no perfect look to homeschooling. H- homeschooling isn't some type of p- perfection, ideal perfection. It's a, a work in progress. And there are a lot of things that pop up and happen during the homeschooling process that is inevit- inevitably going to be not only new for your children, but new for you as well as a person on how to adapt and how to, um, grow from it and how to really see how this informs your practice as not just being a homeschooling parent, but human. Um, It really seems, sounds like your homeschooling practice is really about um, building the humanity of your children and really understanding how everything is interrelated. So I really appreciate it. Now, I know you didn't say um, yet who you're talking to when you... (laughs) (laughs) that person on the side is that person on the side gonna um close us out say something even if it's just goodbye
1: well um yes and I know that that's always interesting to people like I have all these philosophies but how does it actually feel (laughs) to to the to the client (laughs) right 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 Um, so uh yeah I don't know um I think he responds well if you ask him a question but um just in terms of like how the, um, to represent the curious in terms of like how this experience has been for him.
0: How you doing? So we're, we're closing out now. Your mom gave us a lot to think about regarding homeschooling as a black family. Um, and as a, home, a child who's been homeschooled now for quite a lot, uh, a lot of years. Wow. How long's it been? You're 11. And she said that she's been homeschooling you since you you've been three. Do you even remember when you first started being homeschooled? Yeah. You do? My daughter's sixteen and I asked her she doesn't even remember when six years ago when she was ten. I'm like, senility isn't supposed to kick in this soon. But what what do you what stands out for you as being the thing you appreciate the most about being homeschooled?
1: Um I'd say sometimes not necessarily having to go to a one place every day mm. and you have a free schedule sometimes. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> get from my Leo,
0: Thank you so much for joining us um, and for another wonderful, brilliant speaker sharing their homeschool journey. I encourage you that if you hadn't had the opportunity to check out some of our other speakers and on Friday, July 24th, if you can join us for our breakout sessions so that the speakers and the topics that have been discussed that stand out for you we can get together and discuss them thanks again for more information on black family home educators and scholars please find us at blackfamilyhomeschooling.org thank you